Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series for 2008. Now here is Pastor Scott Floyer. <laughs> Let's be honest, how many of us have been stuck in that situation where someone goes, well, why don't you pray? Okay. Right, and you kind of get stuck, or, or maybe if, even if it's just in a group of your friends or your family, and they just say, hey, why don't you pray? And you're like, no, I don't want to, you know? I, I mean, I think it's one of those things where we have to think about, what does it mean to really take a chance and pray in front of people, or just to pray in general, and how do we do that? So, so let's ask the question, how are we to pray? You know, because you have many different ways that people pray in in the Christian community. You have some that write out their prayers. You have some that will pray for hours on end. You have some like me that go, God, thank you for food. Let's eat. You know, it's just those kind of prayers. You've got all these different things, right? So how are we supposed to pray? What are we supposed to do? Because we understand, last week as we looked at it, that prayer is about helping us grow closer to be more like Christ. It takes those steps that we're becoming more and more like Christ. Now, this morning, we're going to understand that when we get done praying, we are revealing our hearts to God. And when we pray, we reveal our hearts to the people around us. Um, I don't know about you, but I I got to thinking about prayer, and I I left Thursday to go do a wedding in Phoenix. I landed last night at about a quarter to 11. I got home about midnight, so there's a lot of prayer this morning. Praise Lord. I don't want to get up, you know, so, um, so, but I was on the airplane and it was one of those great, great flight attendants that was given freedom to do whatever they wanted with the instructions on how to leave the plane in case of an accident, right? It was one of those, I mean, this guy was phenomenal. By the time he got done doing the instructions, there were people going, you're just clapping and cheering. He says, I want you to understand that we're so excited that you're flying on this airplane. If the cabin pressure were to, or no, he got to the seatbelt. He says, if you need to know how to put your seatbelt on, the person behind you needs to slap you in the back of the head. Because if you don't need to know how to put on the seatbelt, you really shouldn't be on a plane. You know, uh, he, he, he went to the place where if cabin pressure were to drop and the thing falls down, make sure you put yours on. And if the person next to you is screaming like a little child, slap them. You know, he said, you know, and once you've got yours on, if you do have children, pick one you will, you know, which kid you like the most, put that one on. <laughs> now this guy's just going. He, he says, you know, it's amazing that here on US Air, we have this uh, flotation device. It's your seat. And if you have to use that since we're flying over the desert... He says, understand that U.S. Air says keep that as their compliments. It's a gift, right? <laughs> uh, he gets to the part where he says, you know, the, the, the aisle will light, you know, glow if, if there's an accident. There's smoke in the cabin and you can't find your way out. He says, just find the biggest hole and walk out that. <laughs> he says, you won't need to use exits. And of course, you know, <laughs> did I pay attention to him giving instructions? Yeah, it was awesome. I'm like, yes, this is great, you know. It was, I was a little irritated with the guy, though, because I sat down. It was one of those little small planes where you almost bump your head kind of thing, two people on either side. And they put me and one of the biggest guys on the airplane in the same row. So it's like. And I looked at it. I said, you know, um, you know, you put two big guys in seats. I said, is there any open chairs? Uh, he goes, why? Do you not like the guy? I said, no, I just, we're sitting too close. He goes, I'll get you a book on dieting. I'm like, <laughs> I looked at it. I said, I'm so glad you don't work off tips. 
But they found me another seat. They moved me back. You know, I'm sitting back there, and he comes by, and he's talking. I said, dude, that was awesome. That was great. I was laughing. I'm not kidding you. This one lady was, like, giving him a standing ovation. Yeah, do it again, you know. He starts talking to me. He says, so why are you going to Phoenix? I said, well, I'm going to go be a part of a wedding. He goes, oh, that's great. He's the best man. What I said, no, I'm going to be officiating the service. And he looks at me. He looks back up, and he goes, what, for the hell's angels? Kind of one of those moments where he would just keep walking, dude. Just keep. He did. He was funny. He goes, what church would let you be a pastor? I said, a pretty awesome one, I think. They're very astute and smart. And he goes, oh, okay. Well, he goes, maybe if I'm in there, I'll come visit your church. I said, that'd be great, man. He goes, because I've never seen a pastor with earrings and tattoos. I'm like, yeah, and I'll ride my bike. I'll give you a ride on my bike. He's like, you ride a motorcycle? I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, buddy. So I had this great conversation with this guy. I fly back and I get the story. If in case the plane goes down, just here, 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 here. You know, they just repeat monotone, boring. I'm like, did I pay attention? No. I'm like, if we go down, I'm just going to sleep through it. You know, it's just the whole thing. You know, I wonder if that's what God does about our prayers. You've got the one guy who is, let's be honest, they're giving you information which is amazingly important. If the plane goes down, And he did it in a creative way, right? So that we could go, oh, man, I'm going to listen to that. I get the monotone flight attendant. She's like, open up the card. And and do I pay attention? No. But they're giving me really important information. What about our prayers? Really important information. It's about revealing our hearts. It's about sharing with God about what's going on in our lives so that we can grow closer to him so we can become more like Christ. Now this morning you may have come for the first time and you're going, I, I have no clue what, what you're talking about prayer. I either grew up in a different church background so prayer was either, you know, someone recited it. We did, you know, like me, I grew up with the Baptist aerobics, sit down, stand up, fight, 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 you know, that kind of thing. You know, you know I had one lady come up to me after the, the wedding the other day. She goes, I grew up Catholic. This was wonderful. We didn't kneel once, thank you, you know. So, I mean, there's that different background that we have when it comes with prayer. So, you know, maybe you came with this idea that praying is just kind of weird. Well, you know what? I want you to understand this morning as we talk about it, it's just you revealing your heart. It's a conversation with God. It's you sharing way important information. And it should be coming from your heart. So this morning as we look at how our prayers reveal our heart, I want you to look at a section of uh, verses that Jesus used. It's a story. Jesus used stories. They're called parables. And he's telling this parable. If you open up your program, there's an insert in there. It's got the whole set on it. So if you don't have a Bible and you don't know where to look, just go here. This is a great way to follow. You can follow along right there. I'll be reading directly from that. Um, But it's Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 17. And in this story... Jesus is talking to certain people. So as we go through this, I want you to read along with me. Pull it out, follow along. If it's up front, follow there. But this is the way it works. Okay? It says, Then Jesus told this story to some who had great self-confidence and scorned everyone else. Sweet. Okay. Then he goes on. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, a religious person. And another was a dishonest tax collector. The proud Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not a sinner like everyone else, especially like that tax collector over there. For I never cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery, I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. 
But then the tax collector stood at a distance and he dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, oh God, be merciful to me for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For the proud will be humbled, but the humble will be honored. It says that one day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But the disciples told them not to bother. Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I assure you, anyone who doesn't have their kind of faith will never get into the kingdom of God. I mean, let's unpack this a little bit before we went, go into the practical. I want to really unpack this a little bit. Okay, Notice who the conversation is for. It is for the people with great self-confidence who scorned everyone else. Okay, Someone that is really self-secure, upbeat, into themselves, and they look down other people. Now, as I read a book a couple of months ago called Unchristian, that's what most people that are not Christians think about Christians. They look down their nose at everyone else and, they, and stand in church and go, praise God, I'm not a sinner like you, right? Or if you've been in church and you've been around people enough and you start to have those conversations about the message and someone goes, oh, that message was great. Oh, that was so important. I wish so-and-so was here to hear it, right? You hear that one? Or you've been sitting next to someone in your family and they go, you better listen, <laughs> Right? Self-confident and scorned everyone else. Let's think about that. That Pharisee was a religious leader of the day. He was the one saying, it's all about me. Look at what I'm doing. Look at who I am. Look how good I am. I fast. I, I tithe. I do all those things. Look how great I am. Do you ever him mention God? Did he ever mention, thank you, God, for giving me what I have so that I can tithe? Thank you for making sure that I have enough food so that when I do fast, it means something to me because I'm not hungry all the time. He never mentions those things. But then we go to the sinner who's in the back, can barely lift his eyes because he knows who he is. He knows where he's been. He knows where he's come from, those things that he's done. And he beats his chest and he says, God, be merciful to me. I'm a sinner. Jesus looked exactly at those people and he says, I know your hearts. Because you reveal your hearts by the way you pray. Have you ever been around that one person that likes to pray about you while you're there? Listening? Oh, God, please help Scott because I know he has an anger problem. Help Scott be nicer to me. You know? You ever had that thing? By the way, you know, I, I, didn't, I want you to know, here at our church, we do podcasts. Our messages are online through iTunes. So I'm going to stop right now and go, hi, Mom. Thank you for listening. Because my mom was usually that person praying like that. Because let's be honest, as parents, you do that sometimes. Like they're sitting across from the table. God, let us have a generous heart because of all the things that we give to them. <laughs> oh, amen. You know, and your kids are going, yeah, okay, knew who that was pointed at. <laughs> was that to God or me? Come on. You know what I mean? 
But it's one of those things where we have to understand our prayers reveal who we are. That's why when Jesus had the little children come unto him and the disciples said, no, no, no. Jesus said, whoa, 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 stop. Let the kids come unto me. Because their faith is amazing. And that's what we should represent. It's childlike faith. Why? Because if a child has faith in you as a parent, they'll jump. My son, when he was very young, we were at a camp. This camp had a pontoon. And and this pontoon had a 10-foot tower on it. You can jump onto a trampoline and into the lake. It was awesome. It was awesome. (laughs) Family event. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, so we're there. He's about three, maybe four. Gets up at the top of the thing. He's got his life jacket on, right? I'm standing. I'm like, wait, buddy, wait. He's like, it's okay, Dad. I know you'll be there. I'm like, wait. I turn around, and I hear Tyler, wait. And Michelle goes, Scott. And I turn, and he's like, (laughs) just airborne. And, of course, I'm like, oh, you know. So I'm diving out there to catch him, and I grab him, and I'm like, dude, you got to wait for me. He goes, I knew you'd be there. I knew. And of course, me as a dad, I'm like, yeah, you know? And then he's like, let go. I want to do it again. <laughs> he runs up there, you know, of course, and he's like, woo, you know? That's what God wants from us. Think about it. When we jump, we should have the understanding that we look at God as our Father and say, I knew you'd be there. That's that childlike faith. And as we get older, we lose that. I mean, think about it. When you see a little kid walk up to someone and say, I love you, and they're holding onto your leg, they're holding onto your arm, or they're jumping in the middle of your back, right? They mean it. They reveal their heart. Their hearts are here. It's on the sleeve, right? But we, as we get older, we need to hide that. We need to protect ourselves. We don't want to get hurt. That's me. That's me. You, know, you get burned a couple times, it's like, oh, I'm not doing that again. I'm not do- you know, where is the childlike faith? Where is us revealing our heart to God for who he is and what he does in our lives? Because you know what? Children love without barriers. Only once they've grown older and gotten nick, you know, a couple of nicks and bumps through life that they start to cover it up. So if we're going to talk about prayer, and we're going to talk about revealing our hearts. Let's take a couple of le- look at a couple of things. Let's unpack this so that we can say, okay, every day I want to reveal my heart to God. Now I'm giving you a simple process that I use when it comes to praying. I journal my prayers like I've shared with you guys before. I'm an ADD boy. I know if I sit down and someone says, you know, close your eyes, pray for a half hour, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'll, you know, bow my head, pray, and go, dear God, I think I need to go do that on my desk. You know, it's like, oh, man, you know. The phone answers, Lord, please help that, hello. You know, it's, so I know I have to write things out. And, journal, and I like it because I can go back and read it. It was awesome. I'm flying back to Phoenix, and I'm doing my journaling, and I'm looking, and I flip all the way back to last year, and I'm reading, I'm like, wow, answer, answer. Not so answered because I had something wrong, you know, those kind of, Went through those areas, and it's awesome to be able to look back. So here's an opportunity for you to look at how you can reflect on your heart and walk through this, okay? Here's some reflections of the heart. First thing is this. When we pray, we need to say, I honor who you are. And we're talking to God, not ourselves, okay? There's only one God, and by the way, you're not him. Just want to clarify that, okay? So we're going to say, I honor who you are. We want to praise God for something. We want to start off saying, God, you are awesome. For this, you are awesome for that. I mean, praise God 
I mean, I, I had a lady in Montana. She used to joke. I'd say, how's your day? She goes, praise God, I woke up. I looked in the obituaries. I wasn't there. You know, what a, what a great idea how to start your day. A little twisted, but hey, it, was, it worked for her. First John 3, 1 says, see how very much our heavenly father loves us. For he allows us to be called his children. We really are. But the people who belong to this world don't know God, so they don't understand that we are his kids. Hebrews 13, 15 says, With Jesus' help, let us continually offer our sacrifice of praise to God by proclaiming the glory of his name, not ours. It's not about a church. It's not about a group of people that you're in. It's about God. It's about Jesus Christ and who he is in our life. I mean, for me, when I start, I, I am able to say, I praise God that I have a new life in him. I always tell people, my mom used to joke. She'd say, I know Scott's going to be either two places. He's going to be either dead or in jail. That's why I don't, she said, that's why I don't stop praying for him. There are two people in my life that were amazing. My mom, yeah, I didn't sleep a lot last night. I'm a little emotional. (laughs) My mom, who never stopped praying for me, and my wife, who showed me what it meant to be a follower of Christ. I praise God for those days. I praise God for them. My wife's sitting over there, so I can't look at her. So, (laughs) then we'll be here a half hour. Man, I've never seen a bald guy cry like that, right? (laughs) But this is a place where we take humility and we bow before God and we say, this is about you. This is about you. It's not about me. Next thing is, I got to express who I'm not. I gotta express who I'm not. I am, because of a relationship with Jesus Christ, there are things in my life that I do that I am not about anymore. This is where I confess anything that I've done wrong. This is where I confess that sin in my life. Maybe it's something that's out in the open. Maybe it's something that I need to work on. Those are those areas of our life that we gotta share because it's important we do that because it's revealing our heart. It's releasing our heart. I've known people that have struggled, held on to anger, you know, hurt feelings, and it's led to a place where they're bitter, angry, depressed, because they haven't released that to God. Confess it. Now, this is different than confession, okay? This is confessing to God. We're talking to him. But it says in 1 John 1, 9, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. I want you to circle the word every on your insert, circle the word every, because that is complete. It's complete. It doesn't say, well, those things that are okay, but if it's really bad, whoo, you better pray a little bit harder, right? It doesn't say, it says everything. Psalm 32, five, David, let's think about it. David was the king. He was the man that was considered after God's own heart. He's the guy that cheated. He, he committed adultery. He committed murder. You think he knows what it means to confess? Right? That's why he was considered a man after God's own heart because he broke down and he confessed, he repented. He said, God, I messed up. So look at what he says in Psalm 32, five. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide them. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord and you forgave me. And what does he say? All my guilt is gone. This is a question I have for you. If you were able to share this with some of the friends and family that you live with, don't you think their life would be different if they understood that all their guilt would be gone? 
And I know many of us in this room still deal with guilt. But if we confess this, remember this is our chance to free our heart. This is placing before Jesus that because of his complete work on the cross by dying and having a resurrection, his blood was that sacrifice, we are completely forgiven. And so as you confess that, we are able to express who we're not. Next thing is this, I affirm who I am in Christ. I affirm who I am in Christ. Now this is the fun part. This is where you get to say, this is who I am in Jesus. This is who I am. This is who I am because of what God is in my life. Now, some of you, like I've said, you've been here and you're going, well, I don't know what I am in Christ. I want you to understand, this is, this is where you're going to get the picture. And I don't, I don't want you to walk away confused about this at all, okay? It says, Exodus 19.5, it says, now if you obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special, what? Treasure. You're a treasure to God. From among all the nations of the earth, for all the earth belongs to me. Look at that, special treasure. Now, I know some of you have heard the joke about, you know, the baby that was born and the, and the mom looked, oh, and looked at the baby and said, oh, what a treasure. And the dad looked at it and said, oh, yeah, let's go bury it. You know, that's, that's not, that's a joke, stop, you know. Some of you ladies, oh, that's horrible. It's a joke, lighten up, okay? But it's one of those things where that not that kind of treasure have you ever seen in the movies where they find the treasure? You ever watch Indiana Jones? He opens it and his eyes are like, oh, that's what you are to God. You're the, oh, you're a treasure. I love this verse in Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. And I, I want you to understand, I use this verse with girls more than anything. So ladies, I want you to listen to this. It says, God saved you by a special favor when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. Now, this is the part I want you to listen to. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. You are God's masterpiece. So when you look at the covers of the magazines, you don't have to look like them to be God's masterpiece. Go back home, look in the mirror, and look at God's masterpiece. Guys, we don't have to act like all the other guys. We're his masterpiece. I mean, think about it. When an artist has a masterpiece, that's when he says, this is my best work. This is the, most, this is the best I could do. That's you. You're a masterpiece. Because many of us don't see the masterpiece, we see the flaw. I have two daughters. They are masterpieces. I guarantee you, any boy tells them different, they're going to meet Jesus personally. <laughs> Real quick, I'll ask him, do you know Jesus? You, don't, you better get that right quick because you're going to go meet him real quick, dude. Because my daughters are a masterpiece. My son is a masterpiece. You know why? He's not like me. And sometimes dads, that's, that's not easy to say. He's better than me. I watch him and the way he treats his sisters and his mother, and I'm blessed. Masterpiece. I watch some of you and the way you treat your wives. Some of you moms, I've watched you with your kids. Masterpiece. Some of you just with your friends. Think about that. You're a masterpiece. 
We are looking at God and saying, thank you for who I am. We're affirming him. Next thing is, I request your will for me, God. I ask God for something, okay? Now, this is, again, a place where we go to God and we say, your will be done, not mine, okay? Which is where we get a lot, a lot of confusion. This is the part when we pray that we kind of get confused because usually some of us go to this place and we go, this is my laundry list. You know that new car? Come on, God. You said if I pray with an earnest heart, you'll answer. Gas prices, God. <laughs> right? Let's all pray right now. No, you know, you know what I'm saying? This is where we get that laundry. But the, the, the twist that we got to look, this is where we're praying for God's will in our life. This is where, as a dad, I pray for the husbands and the wife of my children. I started that long ago. This is where I pray for the families of the husbands and the wife of my children, that they'll be raised. This is, this is where I'm saying, God, your will be done in these areas. Sometimes when we, we ask for things in our life, we'll go, God didn't answer. God didn't answer. Well, there's some ideas behind that. Maybe you didn't ask with the right heart because it was all about you. Maybe he didn't answer and it was no, and you don't like that answer. So he didn't answer, right? But this is where we ask, this is where we ask for things. I mean, it's a beautiful place to be able to say in Philippians 4, 6, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. James 1, 6, but when you ask him, be sure that you really expect to hear an answer. For a doubtful mind is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. I, I'll be honest, when I go through this, this is where I, play, I pray for family, for friends, and then last, job, and then last, me. It's the order I have to do it because I wanted about other people and then eventually there are places I'm gonna pray for myself. I know myself. I gotta pray for myself. Let's be honest, we know what's going on, you know, and there are sometimes you, 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 someone will say, how can I pray for you? And you start thinking of all the real things you want them to pray for you, and you go, just for work. <laughs> right, just, just for work. Because we don't really want to tell them what we really want them to pray for. Maybe you're angry at them. And you're thinking, ah, pray for me that I don't kill you. But you don't want to tell them that, right? Where's your heart at when you go to make those requests? What is your mind like? Where, where are you at with that? And then the last thing is this, is I want to thank you, God, for what you've done. Thank God for something. Thank God for something. I mean, there's got to be something in your life that you're thankful for. My daughter text messaged me Friday afternoon while I was in Arizona. She said, I thank God finals are over. That's something thankful for. You know, I've heard people, oh, my life is miserable. There's nothing to be thankful for. Are you breathing? Thankful, right? Do you have a home? Thankful. Did you eat this morning? Thankful. I notice you all have clothes on. <laughs> be thankful. Because I know there are people in other countries that can't even say that. There are times that we talk as pastors and friends and staff members and all that kind of stuff, and we, and, and we discuss, what about people in America? What about, you know what? I was talking to a guy this weekend. He said, we're soft. We don't know what it means to suffer. We don't know what it means 
to live without. We don't know those things. We're soft. So we see gas go up and we're like, oh, my goodness. I might have to walk. (laughs) Most countries do that. Be thankful for what you have. I am thankful. I'm in Venetia. I'm in Northern California. I'm in Northgate. I'm thankful. What are you thankful for? And do you tell God? Because as we pray, we reveal our hearts. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, no matter what happens. Ooh. You okay with that? And you're like, wait, wait, wait. Can we, like, skip that part? Just go to the part where it says, always be thankful. I want you to circle happens, no matter what happens. No matter what happens, always be thankful. For this is God's will for you to belong to Christ Jesus. Whatever happens, Colossians 3, 16 through 17 says, let the words of Christ in all their richness live in your hearts and make you wise. Use his words to teach and counsel each other, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Whatever you do or say, let it be a rep- as a representative of the Lord Jesus, all the while giving thanks through him to God the Father. You know, we've been talking at the end of each service, we, you know, we give you a thought for the week, we give you... Um, a question for the week. I decided, you know what, we're going to ump the ante this week, okay? I'm going to challenge you. I want to give you a challenge. I like those kind of things. I like sports. I like athletics. I like, I, I like being able to challenge myself, challenge my mind, okay? So this is the challenge for the week, okay? I will take 15 minutes every day the rest of this month to reveal my heart to God in prayer. Take the challenge. 15 minutes. That, now, come on. That's not too much to ask. National average says we watch about 35 to 40 minutes of TV a day. Obviously, they didn't look at my house. Right? National average is now up to, uh, I think, 45 minutes on the computer a day at home. That's at home. Don't consider work. Because many of you are like, oh, that's eight hours, dude. You know? You got all this, so 15 minutes to reveal our heart to God. And you can use the acronym H-E-A-R-T. Just walk through those little spots. I can do that in 15 minutes every morning. I write it out, H-E-A-R-T, I just go through it, and I use the acronym. I know that uh, I I use one page for prayer, one page for journaling, and one page uh, for Bible study. I have a little journal, and so my pages are like this big. They're not like this big, you know, because like I said, ADD, if it was this big, I'd be like, oh, Pretty picture, you know. <laughs> so I want to challenge you to do that because if we walk through it and reveal our heart, who knows what God's going to do in you. And you know, I want you to really think about it this morning. How did you come to be at Northgate and how was your heart when you walked through the door? Did you really come expecting maybe to hear something that would make a difference in your life? Did you come because you thought, well, I could, you know, have fun? God wants you to reveal your heart. I'm going to ask everybody to close your eyes, bow their head. I want you to understand that God had you come here because he wants you here. And he wants to, he wants to speak to your heart. Where's your heart at? I want you to take the next couple of minutes. We're going to be as Brian and them play, I just, we're just going to be cu- quiet for a little bit, and I want you to just reveal your heart. 
Maybe this morning you said, you know what, God, I don't know who you are. I want to know you more. Maybe you came this morning and you said, my life is falling apart. I need you. You know, you got to understand, God created you to have a relationship with him. It's our sins that separate us from him. Those sins can't be taken away from good deeds. You're paying the price for our sins. Christ died on the cross and rose again. And everyone who trusts in him and him alone can have eternal life. It means you'll spend forever and ever in heaven with God. And that doesn't start the day you die. That starts the day you believe. God, we pray this morning for you to work on our hearts. Maybe there's someone here, God, that's saying, I need you. So, God, I pray that right now they say, Jesus, I put my faith and trust in you alone. Forgive me my sins. Make me a new person. God, I pray for the mom or the dad or the husband, the wife, the young man, the young lady that's in here thinking, my heart is just broken. God, heal them. May you open our eyes to you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.